Welcome to Big Fight Guide Preview. We have a lot in store. 2023 is an outstanding year. And as usual, I have the experts on hand. I have Paolo Malinaji, two-time world champion, two-sport champion, Chris Algeri. And we're going to start with the top because March 25th, a huge fight is coming up. A fight that's going to perhaps solve a lot of personal grudges. David Benavides is facing none other than Kayla Plant. This is a fight that it's also going to give the opportunity perhaps to the next opponent for Canelo in September of 2023. This fight, uh, personal grudges, fight styles, uh, it, it has all the makings of an outstanding fight, explosive fight. But who better than you guys to tell me what we need to look for, specifically on Benavides, who's coming from a great run and obviously undefeated, whereas Caleb Plant had his little defeat against Canelo and showed a lot of flaws. What can we expect from this fight? Let's start with you, Chris. Yeah, so I mean, this, in terms of the division, this is an extremely important fight. It's not just about the fact that you get to fight Canelo, because in, in this weight class, Canelo is the undisputed champion, mm -hmm. so you're going to fight for all the belts if you, if you do get that fight with, with Canelo. The thing is, though, if Benavidez gets past Plant, will we see the Canelo fight? I think we'll be clamoring for that. I think there'll be enough drive to actually make that fight happen. If Plant wins, does he get that Canelo fight? I don't really think so. Because we've already seen what happened there, mm -hmm. and I don't think there's really a clamor for that, too. But uh, in terms of a style matchup, it, it, it's, it's a great fight. You've got Benavidez, who is a, a two-fisted, aggressive puncher, who's going to come forward and put tons of pressure on you. And you've got Plant, who's a, a classic boxer puncher. He's shown that he has some power in the Durrell fight. He's got great lateral movement, which he showed in, in the Canelo fight. Um, if he can put those two things together, he could, he could potentially win this fight. But he would have to box nearly a perfect fight, I believe. Is that possible? Um, to some degree, I mean, there's some flaws that we exploited with Benavidez. Uh, a lot of times, instead of shuffling his feet, he, he walks, walks forward. Uh, he doesn't cut off the ring when he's putting that kind of pressure. And so uh, somebody with good footwork, and what I mean by good footwork is no understanding how to punch off the movement. You see, if you're, not being, if, you're not able, if you're moving and not able to punch off that movement, then you're running. You're not really punching. You're not really fighting. Plan has the ability, plan has, plan, plan has the ability to change the angle, move around, and, and fire uh, on the spot off of that movement. And that's that's where I think some of the flaws in, in Benavidez's footwork, if he doesn't correct them, can be exploited. I think ultimately Benavidez probably closes, starts to close the gap because he, he brings a heavy pace and eventually Caleb is going to have to have something to hold him off and Benavidez is really tough to hold off you. So I think Benavidez does get the win in the end in, in, in a stoppage form. I do disagree, though, about if Caleb looks good winning the fight, if he's able to pull this upset off and, and really dazzle Benavidez and, and look good winning the fight. I think there's a clamoring for the Canelo fight. Number one. Really? I, for he, he, well, first of all, he, who's the undisputed champion going to fight? I mean, he can't just hold on to the belts as souvenirs. You know yeah, but it's, like, it's Canelo. He yeah. can jump a weight class. He can go but fight then, the winner. But then Benavidez. you have Bivol. to vacate the titles. Yeah. I mean, you can't. This is what we're well, talking not about. not necessarily. He did it with, with Bivol where he, he was able he, to hold he, on to. He, he, can do, he can do it. But what I'm saying is it's not right. You, you yeah. can do it, but it's not right. Because here's the problem. Everybody wants a, a one champion in every division. And then if that one champion fights once every two years in that weight class, that's not fair to the rest of the contenders in the weight class. You want one champion in one weight class, but then the guy's got to fight often enough to make the weight class viable. Otherwise, you're just, you're just holding up the whole weight class. So let's say Caleb, for argument's sake, wins this fight. He looks great. Okay, you don't, you don't say, oh, I already beat Caleb. Well, who are you going to fight at 168? You got to defend the titles against somebody. You know what I mean, you, can't, you can go up to all the weight classes you want, but then you shouldn't be allowed to hold on to the titles. But, and if you have to defend those titles, and Caleb looks really good in, in beating Benavides, for argument's sake, 
who else are you going to fight? You got to fight Caleb Plant. Number one, and here, I'll tell you another argument for me. For me, I had a criticism for Caleb Plant that I didn't think he gave it all his all in, in the Canelo fight. I, I'd really? like to see when, if, if Caleb Plant really goes for it, if he, you know, goes for a, he pushes himself a little more, you know, what happens? He played it really crafty. It was a really cutesy style that he fought against Canelo, gave Canelo some problems, but never really pushed the envelope when he needed to. Like, okay, now you got to go win the fight. You can trouble him for a few rounds, but in the second half of the fight, now, you've, now it's time to go win the fight. He troubled him for a few rounds, but he never actually went to win the fight, and he allowed Canelo to take control and finally get him yeah, out of there. I think what I happened think, with, with, with Plant in that fight is that he got where he got to in the Canelo fight and was surprised he was there. And he yeah. was like, oh, wow, now what do I do? That's I, my problem. I, but, I made it. I'm boxing Like, he well. killed the tiger, and then he was afraid but, with Oh, he's like, wow, I, I can he hang with this guy. So living with what? regret is the worst thing in the world. You Wait. know what I'm saying? So though, it's possible that he may want that back. I'm just saying I think Benavidez wins this fight. But if Caleb wins a fight, win, beats Benavidez... You've got to make an argument here for the, for the Canelo rematch. Listen, because I in, a, a in a perfect world, absolutely. If he looks really good, he wins the fight. Yeah, that fight makes sense. But we both know with boxing, especially when you're the undisputed champion, you have a bunch of mandatories that you can choose to fight. You've got all those belts. There's a lot of ways around that guy. Then they shouldn't be on pay-per-view. Well, that's, this, is, this, is, this is one of the issues that we have with boxing. I, d I just have a question, and I'm just going to leave it at the desk. Because people already saw Canelo against Caleb Plant. And, you know, at the end of the game, the fans are the ones that pay. Would they be interested in watching a rematch against Caleb Plant? Do you really think so? It's up to Caleb the way he looks in the Benavides fight. Ah, Everything so, rides on the way you look in the Benavides fight. So he's got to be, not only does he need to win, he needs to win decisively. Well, he needs to win and leave absolutely no doubt. So there's another version of Caleb Plant. He, well, he goes out there and he Anthony Durrell's Benavidez. Hell yeah, there's a big clamor for that fight. But it's going to be very Durrell easy. What if, he, what, what, if he does, what if he doesn't Thank do you. the Durrell? What if he does the Uskategi? What if Uskategi's him? Right. You know what I mean? What, yeah, if, he, what if he does very, it? He dazzles very, him in that very was how many years point. ago? But, okay. I, but I'm telling I'm you right now. Not, but he's not that old. It's Canelo, not like he's, Canelo's got that. He's got a great mouthpiece, too, in, in between <laughs> fights. And he could sit there and he could be like, get get out of here. Get out. You say something, I already beat you, blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, the fans will believe it, and they'll be okay with him going somewhere else. That, but, I think which so. is what, at the end of the game, as much sense as the fight makes right here on paper, the truth of the matter is it's the fan that will pay to see that fight. So that's my concern. For many, he already fought Caleb Plant. He already beat decisively Caleb Plant. That version of Caleb Plant. Now, Benavides. That's what people are asking for for a long time. Mexican versus Mexican. To decide who's the biggest Mexican fighter today. How good would that fight be, though? Well, I, I, think, I think coming off of Canelo fighting uh, Ryder in Mexico, there's going to be this, this Mexican pride again. And then if Benavides beats Plant, which I agree with Paulie, mm -hmm. I believe he will, um, that, that fight's huge. It's massive. It's massive for the Mexican fan base. It's massive for, for the, just the world stage and what matters at 168. It's, again, you got that, they, they, the young, hungry lion, again, a young, hungry tiger versus the, the, the longtime veteran lion. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a great matchup. And I, just another question, because we've talked about factors, fans. We, talked about, we haven't talked about places. We can talk about, about that later. Corners. Of course, Caleb has now a new trainer, Stephen Edwards, you know him very well. What, what new can he bring that can add to the toolbox 
so he can actually face, maybe even take a win against Benavides. Well, Edwards is a knowledgeable bo boxing trainer. He's, uh, he's actually the guy that took Julie Williams uh, from the amateurs to, uh, to the world title. Um, you know, he's, he's got a column on boxing scene at times that he does, uh, Breadman's uh, mailbag. His name is uh, The Breadman. And, uh, you know, he's a crafty trainer who's, you know, who, who I think blends well with Caleb's style and can do, add some things. I always think uh, when it comes to a trainer and fighter marriage, the styles have to blend. You can't, a guy can be a top trainer, a guy can be a top fighter, but it doesn't mean they'll go together, you know? Uh, the media might have you think so, but it's not, it's not the case. It doesn't always work that way. But I think stylistically, I think it's a good blend for Caleb. And sometimes a new trainer will get you more excited, you know, you excited about learning new things or mixing new things. And But of course, that trainer also has to have the right potion for your style. And I, I believe that Breadman has that. He's a technical uh, trainer and Caleb is a technical fighter. I've switched style. I've switched coaches rather a few times in, in, in my career. And I don't know. I don't think one camp's enough. I think that you've got to see how it works on fight night when you've got that dynamic in the ring. Cause the corner is in a sparring session is one thing, but the corner on a fight night's a whole different thing. Mm -hmm. Being able to, to, to control your charge, the man in front of you when you're in a firefight is a whole different thing than when you're in a tough sparring session. So uh, I'm curious to see how much of a change he can really make in Caleb Plant in what is considered a short period of time, it's one camp. Yeah, and that's a concern, especially when you're, you're putting so much on that fight. And specifically, the second part of 2023 will be writing for both fighters on that fight. And I agree with you, chemistry is everything. And that doesn't happen in one fight camp. We can talk about years, and still, you're learning about your fighter, and your fighter is learning about your trainer. But gentlemen, don't go away because we got a lot of information right here about Caleb Plant against David Benavides. This is a fight you don't want to miss. March 25th. It's all out. What's up, guys? Ahead of the David Benavides versus Caleb Plant fight. The champ, Paulie Malinaji, and myself are going to show you what the keys to victory for each man are. So, first, with David Benavides, we all know David Benavides likes to throw combinations, especially once he closes that distance. Caleb Plant's a boxer. He's going to want to stay on the outside. Benavides needs to be careful to close that distance quickly, not get too lazy and just throw those hands out because Caleb's going to be there for counters. So I need, he needs to make that first move be very explosive, and then he can be himself and let his hands go the way he normally does. So if, if you've got Caleb Plant who's moving on him, he's got to maintain that outside distance and use that good jab. He actually has a very fast jab. So he has to explode with that first jab and not paw with it. So once he gets there, then he can let those hands go like he normally does. Benavidez loves throw combinations once he closes the distance. He just needs to be careful to close that gap quickly and explosively and not get countered by the counterpuncher, Caleb Plant. Now, for what Caleb Plant needs to do, he's got to make sure Benavides is respecting that distance. Plant doesn't want to be at close range with Benavides. Now, we're going to say, oh, he had some mild success in the Canelo fight at close range, but Canelo wasn't putting his hands together with speed. So a lot of the touches and catching and shooting Plant was able to do was because Canelo was throwing uh, uh, slower shots. Benavides flurries on the inside. It's, hard, you, it's very difficult, if not impossible, to catch and shoot on a guy that's flurrying at you. So... He would like to keep the distance at about mid-range, have Benavidez respect the feints, respect the jabs, respect the, the counters, and lead with that speed. And don't lose defensive positioning. So, obviously, 
Caleb Plant, one thing he does, he has a tendency to do is he has a tendency to use this like a fencing spear, uh, uh, the, the left hand. He, he has a very good jab. He wants to use that jab. He wants to make sure he uses that jab. And also, he can go backwards, he can go forwards, but most of the time he's probably going to be going backwards because Benavides is a pressure guy. Now, Benavides has a tendency to attack you a little bit squared, a little bit squared, and sometimes he doesn't even cut off the ring. So off of that square jab, he throws a little, he throws a lot of decoy punches off of being square until he can get close. Once he gets close, he becomes dangerous. He throws those punches in combinations. But it, those decoy punches sometimes are thrown up a little bit recklessly. So he has the tendency to throw that jab, and he's a bit square when he throws it. So if he throws that square jab, it's a chance for Caleb to come over the top with the right hand. Now, coming over the top with the right hand, you want to make sure you don't fall back in because, again, it's a chance for Benavides to throw shots. So you throw that hard counter right hand over the top and then keep that fence thing, fencing left hand out, use that jab. The jab is going to be very important. If you land your, your counter punches and you lead with some speed, at times you're going to have to lead with some speed, and you drop feints in between there, the feints are going to be more effective because now you're landing with speed and you have him hesitating on the pressure. It doesn't mean Benavides is going to stop pressuring you, but if you land some sharp shots, now you give some feints, he's going to automatically bite. If he starts biting, you can kind of step around him and you can do all that stuff while maintaining that distance. A lot of times off of those feints, if you get your guy freezing, it's the opportunity, it gets the perfect opportunity for plant to throw those combinations. Because so you get the guy fainting, and, and automatically you can throw that combination. When, and Plant has a tendency to throw with speed, and he has a tendency to throw accurately. He's a, he picks his shots very well. He also does something that I don't think a lot of Benavidez opponents have done. He keeps his defensive positioning when he makes a defensive move. A lot of Benavidez's pressure, a lot of times, makes guys fall out of position. Caleb Plant did a pretty good job, even in the Canelo fight, of keeping defensively responsible even when he got defensive. I think this is going to come into play with Benavidez, because if Benavidez can't get him to fall apart in, uh, in his defensive positioning, then he can't be able to put him in a position where he can throw combinations at him. And therefore, Plant can take advantage, use that jab, and use those combinations from middle to the outside range. Speaking of those defensive maneuvers that Plant does when he starts to fall apart, Plant has a tendency to defend against the right hand by dipping way down to his right. when He wants the opponent to throw that punch over his shoulder here, which happens quite a bit. I, as he does that, though, he has a tendency when he starts to get tired is he'll pull straight up with his chin out. That way. So I believe that Benavides will have, he could, he could short sell that right hand, expecting Plant to dip out, and then he can throw his three, two, which is one of his better punches, and throw that right hand over the top. If you remember the Canelo knockout, he was throwing that right hand over the top when he was able to finish Plant because of that defensive position and that lapse once he got tired. So thank you guys for all the keys to victory. You know, we got the X's and the O's, and obviously we'll see who adheres to that type of fight plan. But the truth of the matter is, these two fighters have had very different experiences when we're talking about the big stage. Caleb Plant obviously had that opportunity against Canelo, perhaps the biggest one in his career. David Benavides, not so much. And we can argue till we're back in, you know, Back in 2020, 19, Jaylion Love. Then we have Anthony Durrell. For me, one of the biggest fights. But you think David Lemieux in 2022 was a big stage for uh, David Benavides. So the thing about David Benavides is he hasn't fought 
the highest level competition, mm -hmm. but it's what he's done with the guys that he's fought. Dave Lemieux, uh, granted, he's it's much later in his career, more towards the twilight of his career, but the guy is a killer puncher. And for him to be able to completely blow him out in three rounds, drop him multiple times, you know, that was impressive. And other than Canelo, Plant's next best victory was against Anthony Durrell, whom David Benavidez also beat, also in the ninth round. Both of them stopped him in the ninth round. They got there in different ways, obviously. But if anything, Benavidez did it to Durrell when he was a little bit younger. So I, that could be you know, a, a better win for, for David Benavidez versus, uh, versus Caleb Plant. Other than the Canelo fight, I mean, really, what, what has Caleb Plant, who has he fought? Big stage is big stage, though. Canelo oh, is the biggest stage. And that could actually, we've talked about how we have outstanding fighters yeah, in sparring sessions, and they just kind of do them yeah, away once all the no, lights but, are on. But when you're so good that guys are avoiding you, it's not, I can't fault it against you. Like people were saying, oh, who was Golovkin fought when Golovkin had all those knockouts? But True. Golovkin, nobody was fighting Golovkin. The fighters know better than us. I mean, you can sit on your couch and, and, and uh, play, play critic all you want, but when the, top fighters, <laughs> when the top fighters aren't fighting a certain guy, you can't go, you can't put a gun to their head and make them fight that guy, you know? So, so a lot of times, the resume is not built on some guys because they're so good and Golovkin was that kind of guy and I believe Benavides is that kind of guy you know uh, if, if his if his resume comes up short at, at times it's also because guys haven't been in a rush to fight him you know there's uh, there's other fights where you can make a lot of money to fight and you avoid Benavides it's the only time a guy is is that dangerous and then everybody still wants to fight him is when he's a Canelo when it's like when mm -hmm. he represents so much money that their juice is worth the squeeze the risk is worth the reward which but, is my point is what, you got to look at what he's done versus the guys that he's put in put in front of him. He mm -hmm. always handles business. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, to be that consistent against whatever's in front of you, that, that's, yeah. that's all you can ask for from a fighter. I'm just going to bring up an instance, and I'm going to reach out back in history. Uh, Julio Cesar Chavez, perhaps one of the biggest fighters coming out from Mexico, an outstanding person. And I remember when he was fighting at Azteca, 120,000 people, and he was <laughs> fighting Greg Haugen. And the minute that he was about to walk out of the tunnel, Julio Cesar Chavez said, what the? Literally. And when we have two young guns that have everything playing on this one fight in the big stage in Las Vegas, do you think that's a factor for somebody as young as Benavides that has not had that experience? I'm going to go to my own career talking about it. When I fought Manny Pacquiao. Yes. That was a gigantic step up in class for me um, in my Exposure. career. For, for anyone. Yes. And, so, so, and I always say it wasn't just a fight. It was an experience because of everything that led up to it. So now this is going to be the first time that David, David Benavides is going to be in that type of fight with that kind of pressure. Do I think he's going to be a handle it? Yeah, I do. Okay. I think that he is so hungry that it's just, it's going to be, it's almost going to be like he's got blinders on. Because again, going back to my career, when I fought Provanikov, that was a gigantic step up for me at that point too. I didn't care. I was so hungry. I was so ready. I had blinders on walking to that ring. I think David Benavides has that kind of focus you, right you now. You can also see it in certain guys. It's not like... I can remember when Bernard Hopkins fought a, a mandatory against like a guy named Murad Hakkar uh, yeah, about yeah, 20 yeah, years ago. This guy, this guy went out there like he was a deer in headlights. Yep. He never, he'd never been at that level. You can kind of see it in a fighter when he's on the come up, how he's going to be. You know, you, you also, there are fighters, you know, they keep dominating like Benavides has. But when they get there, they're also telling themselves, this is why I do this. Mm -hmm. You know, you, there's a fighter who gets there and he's like, oh my goodness, what Dear am I doing? Headlights. Which I never understood because, you know, why did you start Boston to begin with? But then there is also <laughs> the fighter who gets there and says, this is exactly where I, I, I always expected myself to be. This is exactly where I belong. And I think Benavides uh, is that kind of fighter. You know, I, I think he's that kind of guy where when he gets to that level, um, he's going to keep raising his game. So, because I need to put you guys against the ropes, I'm going to call... On your expertise and your knowledge inside and outside the ring, 
your predictions, and I'm going to start with you, Chris. Uh, I got David Benavidez. I just think the pressure's too much. For all of Caleb Plant's skills and ability, lateral movement, able to punch and move, he's, he gets tired in fights. And he starts very fast. He did it against Canelo. He did it against Uzakate, which a lot of people, that goes down as a very good win in his career when he became the titleist. But if you really go back and watch that fight, which I have recently, starts super fast. He dropped Uzakate several times early in the fight. But toward the end of the fight, was literally trying to keep Uzakate off him, who was roaring back after mm -hmm. round nine. Bolivita so has that. We've seen that. We've seen from Caleb Plant that his gas tank tends to fade late in fights. You know, he's boxing and moving. He's, he's spending a lot of energy. And you got a guy like Dan, David Benavides who puts so much pressure and has two-fisted power coming with both hands nonstop. That's a really tall order. And, and has I, I four see lungs. him overcoming him. And yeah, has, has four, four lungs. lungs. I, oh Do you see going the distance though? I believe that Benavidez is going to get a late, late round stoppage, similar to the, the Canelo fight. Number? Nine. Wow. What about you? I, I see Caleb having some craftiness and some things at his disposal that can actually expose some flaws in, in, in Benavidez. And I think we may see some of that in the early rounds, especially that of the fact that Caleb has been in a big fight, like the Canelo fight. So, he, you know, this kind of moment is not going to really deter him. I think he's, he's going to be able to start uh, well in the fight. And, I, and not to say that he's going to dominate early part of the fight. I think Caleb, uh, Benavidez is also going to be in the fight. But I think there's going to be moments where we're going to see some, some of the flaws that Benavidez has exposed, like other fighters that he fought haven't been able to expose them. You know, and again, going back to some, maybe his footwork and maybe the, the fact that he doesn't cut off the ring so much. But I think ultimately, uh, like, like Chris says, you know, it, it, you, he has a tendency to get a little tired. He's got a tendency to get a little worn. And Benavidez doesn't stop with, with the pressure. He doesn't stop bringing it to you. And though his hands are fast and he's, and he's destructive when he gets to you, he doesn't, he doesn't really, he's not able to be destructive right away. So I think early on, Caleb is going to have some success. But when Benavidez gets there, and he will get there, because again, he has a tendency to keep that pressure on, and, and, he, and he closes that gap pretty quickly. Eventually, when Caleb slows down, the hands are going to get moving. Benavidez moves his hands very, very well. Once he's in punching range, I get a stoppage in about round 10. How does, that's it, round 10. So we got round 9 and round 10, both for Benavidez. Mm -hmm. The one thing I can tell you is I'm looking forward to an outstanding action-packed fight, and I, I have the slight feeling it's going to take place in a phone booth. This is going to go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. And, I, and I agree with you guys. It might not go to the uh, final bell, but I'm definitely looking forward to March 25th. So I'm going to keep you guys. I'm going to write down. And once that fight is over, score. we're going to, like, <laughs> keep track. And, of course, I'm going to invite you guys to keep track of Pro Box TV because we're going to do more of this big fight preview guide right here. We're going to talk more about next fights like Rosado. He's coming back against Surdo. Wow. More on this when we come back here on Pro Box TV.